Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. We uh, basically, as you know, we normally do like a little chat beforehand. Mm. We're now doing the chat after our guest has left. Which feels quite natural. Yeah, but a lot of podcasts do this. Yeah. Kermode yeah. and Mayo do this. Do they? Yeah. Exclusive. Yeah. Well, they tell you on the thing. It's what do they do? Talk about what's just happened? They, they do they do the intro to the podcast. Mm. I can't believe I've had to think about this. They're doing exactly what <laughs> we're quite... doing. They do the intro to the podcast at the end. <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> so are we doing an intro or are we doing... <laughs> Are we doing an intro or are we recording our small chat? Uh, it's both. a bit of both. both but yeah. the small chat is yeah, the yeah. intro, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so how have you, been... you... Oh. Go on. What have you <laughs> Finish been... each other's... What are you... Sentences. <laughs> it's been surviving. You've been surviving? Yeah. How's life? Good. Are you allowed to talk about what you've been doing? Yeah, I think so. So you've been working on... The... You're basically, Rupert's fucking working on a movie. Ma- yeah, making a feature with Film 4. Well, I'm I'm producing it. But, yes. Uh... But you're in it, aren't you? No, I'm not in it, no. Well, sort of. It's uh, You're a voice in it, right? I'm a voice in it. So that's in it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess, yeah. There's an element of that. Yeah. Called Brian and Charles, based yeah. on a short film that we made. I'm gonna, you can I'm, see it on YouTube. Yeah, the short film is, is brilliant. Oh, and off the me. back of the strength of that short film, mm. they're making a film, a movie. Yeah. C- can you nice. imagine sitting in a podcast for months... Just knowing that, just was thinking, there's like you're working with this fucking useless prick, and then, uh, then in the background, yeah, he's just b- getting involved in the movie industry. It's quietly insane. How have you been? What have you, you've been away? You have literally just from, flown in today. Yeah, I just got back yeah. from New York. Did yeah. four shows in New York. Thank How was that? you to anyone who came. Although looking at the stats of uh, the different countries that listen to this podcast, it's unlikely anyone in the USA is listening. Oh to dear, this. did um, they listen to you on the night though? Yes. The four nights. Although, here's the thing. Yeah. So I did the four nights. Mm. I thought the shows went great. Right. right. They were fun. I'm walking through Greenwich Village or something in here. This woman comes up to me and she goes, um, I was at your show last night. American woman. She goes, mm. I was at your show last night. Really enjoyed it. Except for the fact your audience were really like chatty and getting up and down all the time and being a bit rowdy. And I'm not used to that in a comedy gig. And I said, is that? And I'd heard that, by the way. When that I was on stage, thing, I'd yeah. sort of seen it and heard it. And I thought I was just America. Do you mm. know what I mean? I just thought it's, but it turns out it's not. Did you read it as them being distracted or just? Doing they were their doing thing? that thing that you know when people Getting haven't. You blah, know blah, when blah. people haven't been to stand up before, yeah. or they haven't been to a lot of stand up, mm. and then the comic says something and they go, "Yeah, that's like you. Yeah, that's like you. He's, that's what you do." Yeah. They were doing a lot of that, yeah. and I just thought, "Oh, this is just America." Mm. Oh, they obviously didn't sound mm. like that, but I just thought, "Oh, this is just Americans." And then like the next night, some guy just started, some guy from Crawley was in the crowd. And started like shouting out that he's from Crawley. Plant. It wasn't a plant. No. It, it derailed the show. You don't plant something to make the show significantly worse. Are you thinking that'd be a big PR thing? <laughs> get him in. But anyway, the long and then I get a message from some woman mm. saying, um, "Enjoyed the show. It was nearly ruined by your audience." This is on another night. Wow. So this is not all. This is not mm. all isolated to the one night. Yeah. This every single night, Bizarre. the audience are rowdy. So I'm starting to think, so I don't really have particularly rowdy audiences in the UK. Mm. So maybe this is just a thing where me plus America equals chaos. Cunts. <laughs> All cunts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I've just come back from that. Oh, well, well done. How do you think this interview with Riz Ahmed is going to go? I, I've got a good feeling about it. Yeah. I've got a good feeling I about really it. I really hope he does <laughs> the most Steph story. Yeah, he'll definitely do that. Yeah. I've heard him do it a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and I wonder if today <laughs> you could do a callback that yeah. it takes Riz and I a couple of seconds to fully A couple fathom. of seconds? A couple of minutes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're still um, taking it in now. I know. It was. Uh, I've got to I tell really you, 
I've got to tell you, everybody mm. loves you on this podcast. No, you know that. It. I get a lot of good feedback about it. I, I get nothing. I'm talking I get about nothing. like I'm your fucking carer. <laughs> I get we get a lot of good feedback, feedback, feedback about flea you. Back. I, can't even, flea I can't even bring you myself to see back. you. Yeah, so much <laughs> feedback stuff about you. Yeah. But you, listen, I think you're improving. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, without further yeah. delay. Yeah, we should listen to us talk a bit more. Or Riz, chat away. Yeah, what Is that how Mark Commode and uh, Simon, what's his job, introduce it? They do that kind of... they say it over to you? They do that meta thing that Mm. we do where we go, I wonder how it's... Oh, that went well, didn't it? Or or is this going to go... Maybe they do the end bit at the beginning. Fuck. Oh, well. Anyway. Let's play it. Yeah, it's Riz. (laughs) This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's sit back because it's time for the podcast. Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Um, normally, Rupert and I do kind of a, yeah, a little bit of shit. Yeah, we have seen each other for a while. A little bit Maybe we'll do it at the end. Well, yeah, let's do it at the end yeah. because the reason we're, we're cutting it now is because we've got a bona fide polymath, movie else, star, rapper, actor, writer, director, just whatever. Riz Ahmed. Hello, Riz. How you doing, bro? Uh, good to have you, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Thanks we're for coming. F- we're finally meeting. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird because we've been just like, just sliding into each other's DMs. I know. For years. Mm. I feel like I should it's, be here. It's been a lot of... Yeah. Well, there's a, a bit of... There's a lot of... Yeah. Moment, yeah. Man. Yeah, but but and just this is literally you've just walked in. Yeah, it's the first time you've met each other. Yeah, consider yourself lucky minutes? to is be it a though? witness. I kind of feel Do like I feel like I've seen your face so much mm. and overexposure. I know, but also just stalking you. Yeah, um, yeah. same. Weirdly, that's is same. Uh, on social media. Yeah, or, a little like bit. Like physically, a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. Didn't want to admit <laughs> to it, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, really uh, like he's really easy to try. Right <laughs> you should really get some neck curves. It's really Thanks, easy. Man, Highly visible from yeah. the bathroom. Yeah, well, I just like to give people a crawlier treat. You know what I mean? The local um, press. But listen, man, thank you so much for coming on our little podcast. No, I really um, appreciate it, man. It's a sick podcast. I love what you do. Um, so it's good to finally link up. So you've just, I mean, the reason, not the, the main, well, one of the reasons that you're talking to us now is because you've just dropped this new album and this YouTube, uh, not YouTube, this short film that's on YouTube, uh, The Long Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen this film, have you seen it? No. Mate, it's, it's, I don't, the thing is, every time I tell people about it, I want to tell them what happens you in can't it, tell them but you can't that's what because you said to me you you sent it to me and you go this is it and you just said it's mad right and from that you, you i've got i had no idea what was going to come it's so it's incredible it's incredible thank you bro and thanks a lot and man. then when i saw the promo for the album i think i saw some article about it or maybe some social media thing I thought it was about a genuine. I thought it was about you'd broken up with a girl, and like this is what the album was about. But actually, it's about your breakup with Britain, essentially, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, it's just using this metaphor of like a romantic relationship that's like a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship, mm. one that you should probably be leaving. You know, one that's been an on-off relationship, and and using that to describe um, my relationship with Britain. You know, which is had its ups and downs a bit of a low point right now um and it's just a kind of it's, it's one of those weird ones where i had the idea a few years ago and i kind of thought yeah you know maybe that'd be good for one track and the more i thought about it i thought it's crazy just how cleanly it fits because when mm. you go through a breakup you go through any kind of grieving process in a way of separation of a relationship breaking down you go through those stages of like you know shock outrage, anger, bargaining, you know, um, depression, yeah. you know, um, then you've got to try and find some self-esteem and some self-love to come out on the other side, you know, and it just kind of fit perfectly in a way, um, to how I've been navigating in some ways my whole life, but most, um, intensely the last few years, you know, as a British person, as a British person of colour, yeah. But I don't even think it's it's necessarily you have to be a person of colour to feel this, you know. 
um, to feel like you're suddenly unwanted or, or that you've kind of, um, your country's kind of ch- moved the goalposts and it's like a different deal. Like, what? Yeah. No, wait, I didn't sign up to that. Yeah, like, yeah. What are we doing now? Yeah. In this country, what are we about now? Yeah. Like, who do we think we are? Who are we saying is welcome and not welcome? So it is a feeling that I'd felt and I just think that metaphor became quite a, a good way of talking about it that isn't like too debatey and like op-ed mm. kind of, you know, it's, um, it's about how it feels. I mean, a lot of people talk about this as an intellectual debate and a conversation, oh, multiculturalism, Brexit. I was not really interested in that, you know. As an artist, I want to talk about how does it feel. And I think a lot of people don't realise how a lot of people feel yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Put them up, put them up. She want to put the walls up. She want to build a border. She ain't got no more love. Put them up, put them up. She want to call the feds up. She want to see me get fucked. She want to see me dead, bruv. I never asked you to move in. You was broke, I was stupid. Yet you use me. We're never gonna last, I knew this. Ask for all my shit back and it takes back. Who this? Went to war for ya. Go he nude for ya. Britney, you take the piss. Left me in no man's land. Britannia's a bitch. It's a powerful statement you're making. Do you know what I mean? That whole thing of like... I feel, because of what's happened recently and the political climate, I feel completely detached from my Britishness. You know, that's mm. what you're saying in the, on the record. And, I mean, I, I sort of think the whole thing with Brexit, without getting, you know, too political, but, like, I, the, the thing that really shocked me and sort of made me sort of plug in to what you were saying was, like, I saw this thing, there was this stat about... They, they surveyed people that were that had voted to leave and I'm not I'm not by the way I'm not saying that everyone that voted leave is a racist or anything like that but a significant proportion of those people believe that if your parents are born in another country that you are not as British as, as someone else so I, I consider myself you know I'm growing up as a British person of Sri Lankan heritage and I'm proud of my heritage but I consider myself British through and through mm. and then suddenly you're sort of hit by the news that not everybody feels like that I mean that is a that is the thing that everyone's going through, right? That we yeah. sort of, you suddenly think, oh shit, I was under the impression that we're all mm. British and I feel British and mm. I grew up in fucking Crawley, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and now I didn't realise there was a, a division. Is that is that something that you've always been conscious of? Because also you did English Stan where you were talking about the, the schizophrenic relationship between your Pakistani roots and your British heritage, you know, you're Hmm. growing up in Britain. Is that something that's always played in your mind and has just been accelerated? Well, you know, I think that we all have different identities. We all have different sides to ourselves. You know, we all wear kind of different hats throughout the day. You know, you walk into one room, you leave the Sri Lankan side of yourself at the door. You walk into another room, you leave the British part of yourself at the door. You know, the queer side of yourself at the door. You know, different people have different sides to who they are um, and I think just for some people it's just more obvious yeah. and more pronounced yeah. what some of those um, divides are now they're not just divides they're not just liabilities they're also really enriching part of what English Stein was talking about was celebrating this multiculturalism you know I often think like a lot of what I'm kind of doing with my work film or TV is a kind of mongrel manifesto you know trying to celebrate this kind of mashup multiculturalism that makes the world interesting, makes Britain interesting, Mm. makes me interesting, makes all of us interesting. Whether or not you're visibly, you know, of a racial minority or not, you know, it's about embracing all the different sides of who you are. This is England, the bridge we're living in. A kitchery simmering, women in hijabs, syringe pop stars, and the promise of a Patel as a man you star. Where the money you make and the man you are, standing opposite, so we drink too hard. The banks rob you and the news is half the truth, wrapped up in boobs and arse. Pigs hit kids, so bricks hit windows, and the high street burns with broken dreams and herb. Only thing you can't find in Tesco is that and a sense of worth. So hide behind the benzo first, go online to find friends or perf, but click the wrong side for a free trial later detention first what I think led me to kind of write this album um, actually wasn't like Brexit on its own or anything like mm. that it, it was actually just kind of like looking taking a step back and looking at the whole relationship right. that Britain has had with me and with people like me and it's exactly what you're saying isn't it like you turn around and suddenly said hang on a minute do people not feel the same way that I feel yeah. that is like being in a relationship right? yeah, yeah, yeah. wait but I thought we were mm. going steady yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah, yeah. we were going to get engaged we bought yeah, a house yeah. together we've got kids together yeah. you, do you mean you never want to get married I thought at some point we were going to get married Yeah. It's, it's that kind of moment where you turn around and you go hang on a minute I've come home and you've changed the locks 
It's that feeling. Yeah. And that's actually not down to one event. That's down to everything from being eight years old and your first memory being skinheads putting a knife to your throat through to what's happening with people who've been in this country for 40, 50 years trying to be forcibly deported mm. in this Windrush scandal to the words that's coming out of the Prime Minister's mouth calling African kids AIDS-ridden pickaninnies, calling Muslim women letterboxes. Yeah. It's the kind of vitriol that Piers Morgan spouts on like, you know, good morning Britain yeah. as though that's like mainstream for, you know, have it with your cup of tea and your crumpets, a bit of casual racism. It's to do with the fact that hate crimes have gone up like, you know, they've more than doubled. Yeah. You know, I think they've gone up from 40,000 in 2012 to like over 100,000, you know. You're full of anecdotes of people after Brexit getting race, mm. racial abuse. Yeah. But in a way, bro, it's not even just about Britain. Yeah. And this album... You know, I really believe you've got to go specific and really personal and from an emotional, personal place, you know, whatever you make. But this album's about what's happening right now in India. Yeah. You know, yeah, where yeah. there's a fascist government right now, yeah. like orchestrating, you know, riots and going yeah. and burning Muslims' homes. This album's about what's happening in Myanmar. Yeah. What's happening, you know, in loads of countries around yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, the week, weekend I just got to Berlin for the Berlin Film Festival for my new film. There was a shooting in a shisha lounge from a, yeah. you know, white nationalist. So it, it's kind of about something that's quite global right now that a lot of people are feeling, which is like, wow, I'm suddenly unwanted in my own home and it's a home that I built. And, uh, and, and, and it is a heartbreak it's a feeling of heartbreak yeah. you know it's not about getting into a like Facebook comment debate it's about like let me just tell you really honestly where my heart must leave how it feels yeah 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 you know yeah well it's a great record it's a, it's a wicked album and like, thank you bro um, it's, it's been really well received as well. both the film and the album have been don't make me smash your melon up Try throwing shade on melanin Send them seven up I'm better bitter with the lemon in They put their boots on our ground I put my roots in their ground I put my truth in their sound I spit my truth and it's brown I don't give a fuck about the cash you stack With the crown on your skull You ain't Basquiat With the prince of Denmark Says any boy who's in the benchmarks The white kids wanna be back Say yo brown Planet is gonna be that The man frown Panic I wanna be out But I'm outstanding Cause I stand out Where I was standing Is gonna be plaques as my house My house But the thing is, is that because, like, you just talked about going to promote your film or whatever, you are a bona fide movie star, right? In, in, <laughs> I would argue, possibly the best Star Wars film ever. People say that, mate. People Rogue love Rogue One. One. Is fucking sick. <laughs> it is. It's unbelievable. Do you mate. know what? It's such a lesson in like you never know what's going to work or isn't because <laughs> yeah. I can tell you making that was a shit show. Really? Yeah. Why? I mean making all of these big films is a shit show because <clears> you kind of make it and as you're making it because <clears throat> there's so much money riding on it and there's so many different you know voices um, and cooks there, around yeah. the broad yeah. yeah that actually it's like okay one day boom come in me and you we're doing a scene with siblings yeah wicked siblings quick ooh. Let's just workshop a quick backstory. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were raised on a planet. Da, da, da. Boom, we do it. <laughs> and the next day you come in and go, change that, change the plan. You're enemies. You're enemies. First <laughs> wow, time you've really ever met. And well. there's a bit of sexual tension. Go, <laughs> let's do that. And then before you know it, you just kind of like, you shoot so many different versions right. of it because they're kind of covering bases and testing yeah, stuff and they're yeah. putting it together in a kind of jigsaw puzzle mm. way. And um, that actually you don't know, you kind of lose all sight of what, you're doing right often on those ones. Yeah. Were and you surprised then when you see the finished product or whatever? Was yeah. any like where you like what? Why did you make that choice? Or no, actually, uh, it was it was just it was just pleasant surprise because it can be confusing and mm. really challenging making yeah. making those films. And actually, with Rogue One, we shot the whole film. Everyone got on with their lives. It called us a couple of months later and went, "Yeah, we're going to reshoot the whole thing." What? So we shot that film for six months. Mm. Fuck. And then everyone went away. Yeah. And then we reshot it the next summer in six weeks. Wow. I'm not making it up. We mm. reshot about 75% of it. Oh Basically, my God. just the big set pieces. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They use those. And totally different, no, or? To to yeah. Almost totally different. Wow. So it's a kind of lesson in a way that sometimes you just, it's just about grit. 
You yeah. just got to keep your head down. Just keep going. Keep yeah. the faith. Blind faith. Yeah. Keep working. Go through that darkness. Mm. And is it because mentally that's is that a challenge? Then you're it's you're really challenging, man. Because yeah. you're part of a massive. Well, first of all, you're part of possibly, well, probably the biggest movie franchise of all time, right? So you're part of that thing. You're going into that into that big machine. Are you able to sort of freely express yourself as as an actor, or is it are you just sort of thinking I've just got to get this done the way they want me to do it? I mean, is it? It's it's a bit of both, man. Because right. I think, you know, every film set's different. Yeah. And it's one of them ones where, just when you think you're starting to get the hang of this, you know, like yeah, I know how to act. I know to, every time you do it, it's like you're having to relearn it. It's yeah. like learning a new language every time. Yeah. So I think with the bigger films, there's just sometimes there's a lot more moving pieces. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like, actually, you know what? What if I just did this like, you know, <laughs> you know, stood on my head? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let me just make this one up. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. feeling it. They wouldn't indulge That's it. not, it's no. like, well, you can't because there's a crane <laughs> yeah. holding the spaceship and it's up. And costing yeah, yeah. 20 million And the storm, there's 10 stormtroopers yeah. ready to explode when you yeah. say that line. Mm. And it has to be lined up with that camera. Yeah. So, so stressful. is it all right if we do it the way we've all agreed? <laughs> I'd be permanently stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, that's why there's no pressure Mate, there's in no Star fucking Wars. way there's, there's no way I yeah. could do that do you know what I mean because I, I find it because I've yeah. done a little bit of acting right where t- I, I'm just coming off someone's line right and even then I feel pressure to deliver it on time if you're like yeah, that, well we're just like, gonna we are gonna blow that at up on, as soon on as you do your, like, do you know yeah. what I mean it's just fuck that man I don't know how you do it the pressure of that is no just, I mean you've got to just in, in a way you know um part of doing those bigger films is you don't feel it's resting all on your shoulders. Mm. Right, right, The teams right. are so big. Yeah. In a way, it's more nerve-wracking doing those much smaller films where you're, um, you know, you feel more... Yeah, it's on your mm. shoulders. Yeah. And and it's like, you get two takes. Yeah. You get mm. two takes. We've yeah. got four weeks to shoot this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Whole fi- mm. The only thing in this film is your yeah. face on the camera. Yeah. So, smash it every time. Don't get to... You don't get to go and have a rest. You don't... You know, so it's everything's challenging in its own way. I, the way I try and see it now is because I'm just so hard on myself, and I spent a lot of time being really hard on myself. Is now, in in a way, the only way I could keep doing it and not just beat myself up so much that I just thought I've got to stop, is just try and see everything now as like, what can I learn? Yeah, I know that sounds really like. Like, oh, yeah, of course, you, you know, yeah. obviously I want to try and smash everything I do. Yeah. Obviously you're competitive. Obviously you're you're driven, yeah. you know, want to do the best you can. But I kind of go into it going, right, how am I going to get my ass handed mm. to me this time? Like, And did this, you have that thought before you came to this podcast today? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, and you're doing an incredible job. I'm learning yeah. a lot yeah. Just, yeah. just right now. We're, we're both loving it. <laughs> I'm really, yeah. <laughs> You did Star Wars. Four Lines obviously was a game changer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that... Was it a game changer at the time? It's another funny one, you know, where like, you know, at you... the time it came out and a couple of people were like, oh yeah, wicked. And it like stuck around in cinemas for a minute. Mm. Over the last 10 years, what that film has become now, it's a yeah. different thing. And that's another lesson I've learned where yeah. it's like... Everything has its time, you know. But you know what? The thing, that film just showed a completely different side yeah. to that. Do you know what I mean? And I know it was a comedy, but also it had a lot of heart. And that, yeah. that last act of that film is truly heartbreaking. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, it, did you know at the time that it was going to be... Well, it is, um, like you were saying, you know, the comedy aspect of it is what the clinching is. covered before, if you, yeah. Yeah, you know, you can write all the articles you want about trying to convince someone this, that and the other and show people statistics. Ultimately, you want to bypass someone's brain and get to their emotions. Yeah. You know, and that's what Four Lions did. And same with, I guess, what I'm trying to do with the Longer Goodbye album as well is like say, well, actually, like, I'm talking about it in a heartbreak mm. kind of terms because that's emotional. We can all relate to that, you know. But it's a weird one because, again, when we were filming that, I've got to just confess my ignorance, to be honest. Like, I didn't really know who Chris Morris was. Right. I, you know, he'd kind of reached out to me after I did my first track, the post 9 11 Blues. Yeah. And, um, he saw that and he goes he wants to wanted to meet up and he said I'm researching this kind of stuff because post 9-11 blues this song I did was like a satirical rap track about you know I had lines in it like post 9-11 watch your back 
because I farted and got arrested for a chemical attack. So bars, basically. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes, yes. Um, but it was like this joke rap track. And um, he was like, let's meet up and talk. And then I just kind of knew vaguely he did comedies. But I thought he was like more a Noel Edmonds kind of guy. Right. Like I thought That's he'd do that. That's what got you involved in the You know where he just does that thing where yeah. he like gotcha and he give you a gotcha on oh, right, yeah, yeah. I right, thought yeah. he was like some spoof thing. And, oh shit, did you think you were going to get... No, I didn't know. I just thought this guy seems interesting. Actually seems a bit mad. He was wearing luminous yellow cycle shorts and just like, just, you know, he's just super, just the most intelligent person you'll ever meet. The, the coolest, like just super safe dude. And... um and I've just basically got to know him over three years where he would just kind of every few months go, let's link up for a coffee. Mm. And we just talk about this this issue of terrorism, fundamentalism, Islamism, British, Britishness, whatever. I'd link him up with some of my mates up north. They ended up becoming his researchers. So they'd show him around, like me, you know, meeting a lot of working class Muslims basically up north and all that. And a few years in, we just, at this point, I'm just like, I've got this guy, his mate called Chris. Mm. Mm. He does some comedy stuff. Every now and again, we link up. <laughs> That's really what my extent of it was. That's perfect. Yeah. I didn't really ever really tell people I've got my mate Chris. Mm. Yeah. And then he goes, hey, here's the script. And so I thought, again, like, just stupidly, I just thought, like, well, you know, he wants me to give my opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think he wanted me to act in it. Yeah. And then I didn't just, I just went, yeah, good script. And he was like, so what do you think? I was like, you know, it's good. And then he offered me to act in it. And I went, nah. So I turned it down. Why? Because I just thought, I don't know, like, I don't really want to do a terrorism thing. I just sure. done Shifty. Right. And that was like where I was just playing a dude that had nothing to do with terrorism. And at that time, I'd come into an industry at a time when this is the only thing you could get if yeah, you're a brown sure. dude, yeah, yeah, terrorist yeah, yeah. number three. Yeah, and I was like, mate, I've made a point of not doing that. I'm yeah, not yeah. doing this. He linked up with me and goes, listen, trust me. Do you trust me? I was like, actually, I do. Yeah, yeah. you're super cool. And he was like, that's not, this is a just good thing it was only then I went and asked a couple of mates do you know this guy Chris Morris yeah. and they lost their shit Yeah, because I didn't realise he's this comedy god he's like the Kaiser Soze of British comedy yeah. isn't he Yeah, basically. and yeah. like and when they were I was like really Chris he was like fucking let me they showed me his stuff I hadn't even seen so much of all that stuff he'd yeah, done yeah. and I was like alright then let's do it you know yeah, great. Um, so it's kind of a roundabout way of getting, and at the time did I know it would be anything nah Nah, I remember we were joking about it on set. Like, yeah, ooh, uh, when this goes to VHS in, like, you know, <laughs> Shropshire, like, no one's going to care. Yeah. And then because we thought we were dancing without anyone watching, we were just so free. That's better, We yeah. were just, like, mm. just riffing yeah, yeah. and vibesing. And it's beautiful, man, to see what, what's, what's become of that film slowly over time, over the years. It's become that kind of... It's kind of a film that, more than any other, anything else I've done, people come up to me and say... No lie, that is my favourite ever film. Yeah. That's a that's a crazy thing to hear, man. Yeah. It's beautiful to be part of it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. As I said, people know you as a, you know, an actor and a film star. So people might be mistaken for thinking, and this guy's doing music, and you know he's playing at doing music. But your heritage in the hip hop scene is, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, right? Doing it for a minute, yeah, yeah. man. And you for like for about 15, fourteen years. Yeah, but you battled and shit, right? Yeah, I mean, so that's kind of how I, I started off basically just 
you know, doing local pirate radio and stuff. And then I went to university, I went to Oxford. And that was like, okay, a rappers aren't meant to really go to Oxford. <laughs> this isn't really the, this isn't this is a terrible look. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Brian Extra was just kicking off, and this kid Dizzy Rascal. This is back when Doneo was doing Farmer Yardi. <laughs> this is back when he was doing them chats with voices. Yeah. You remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, Farmer Yardi and Brethren Steve, those characters. <laughs> and um, I was like, man, I thought actually, you know what? I can make a bit of money here yeah. running club nights. Don't mm. really have drum and bass and hip hop nights here. Yeah. So I did that. And it became, this is at Oxford. This yeah. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Oxford. Mm. And so I put on... What were you studying there? Politics, philosophy and economics. Hip hop. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. With a master's in... <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, you know, it's interesting hearing George the Poet talk about his experience and he's got this amazing podcast that he's put together recently that really talks about the idea of growing up as a working class person of colour but getting into Oxbridge yeah. and living that kind of double consciousness occupying that in-between space and um but while i was at oxford basically i just put on these club nights so i was just just emceeing of the jungle mm. and just putting on nights the whole time as soon as i came back to london i thought right i've got to get a foot on the ladder so i started battling yeah so i did jump off how was that like it was i mean all the videos are online you can watch them i mean uh jump off was good i did pretty good but there was this kind of uh kind of controversial ruling where I got booed off stage for saying something that was interpreted as racist but it was actually a response to something that someone said to me that was racist well it's funny you say that because I've because I, I know about this because people at the time kind yeah. of were like sharing it and people yeah. were talking about yeah. it this is so, like so it 2005 was, it was, man it was a, a double standard essentially where so the, the racism against you was okay. But I didn't say and, anything racist. No, you but didn't. But I just said, why are you being racist? Yeah. If you're black, yeah. you shouldn't be being racist. And then that got interpreted as being racist. It was kind of like, yeah, I think people just, people just didn't quite get it. But anyway, I mean, I got down to the, like, the last three. That went well. I was champion of Battle Scars that Rasquami yeah. put on. I won the competition that he did for that on Radio 1. Um, I was champion of Bombay Bronx as well that Niall used to put on so I was doing that and then the first track I put out was Post 9-11 Blues mm. which was about you know just this nine, post 9-11 circus of fear what can I do I got the post 9-11 blues on the telly nothing but the post 9-11 news war Iraq suicide bombs stop hogging the limelight and make some room for my songs anyway it's all reruns we need a new war Bush go get Iran I heard you talking about your mum change your channel watch some telly for kids but what's this hi kids welcome to fun fun fundamentalist in the breaks and that got inspired because the first film I did Road to Guantanamo which is about three guys that got locked up in Guantanamo Bay went to Berlin Film Festival won an award came back to Luton Airport British intelligence officers took us into a side room started interrogating us put me in arm locks grabbed my phone out my hand did you become an actor to further the Muslim struggle this that and the other and I was like, no, nah, I became an actor to get girls. Yeah. This is not what I had in mind. Yeah, the Muslim struggle's a side note. Yeah, that is a Muslim struggle, in a way. <laughs> you know, 2005, 23 years old. It's, in a yeah, way, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing that. And, um, and, and it's just all this madness happened. And I went, and I came out, and all these lawyers are contacting me, like Guantanamo lawyers and, you know, journalists saying, you should hold, host a press conference about this, you know, in the House of Commons. Mm. This is illegal. You can sue the government. Yeah. And I went, I don't want the first time to, like I'm on TV to be yeah, that. Yeah. I want to yeah, yeah. I I be an artist, man. Yeah. And so I put to put out this track, went to um, radio DJs. Radio DJs were like, um, we love it, we can't play it because we've been told it's politically sensitive. So me as a little hustler, I basically called up all the newspapers mm. and went, yo, they, they're saying they can't play my fucking track. You better <laughs> fucking sort this out. Is that just off your own back? You yeah, to do that? I was like, fuck that. Why am I not getting airplay if you like the tune on XFM and Kiss <laughs> FM and all, all these stations, Radio 1? So they just went in and before you know it, it became a big news story and the track went viral. This is MySpace yeah. days. This is 2006. And that's the first track I did. And so, yeah, I've been doing it since then, man. And... I took a left turn at one point and I was releasing music on Crosstown Rebels, which is Damien Lazarus's techno label. Yeah. I was doing like this experimental kind of techno rap thing. Um, yeah, did Sweatshop Boys with yeah. Heems out yeah. of Das Racist for, for, you know, a few years back yeah. there um, and did the American thing. And, we you know, we, we toured a lot in, in the States. You got, I mean, Sweatshop Boys did well, right? I mean, so, Sweatshop Boys did really well, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we did... Coachella, we did little talk shows, we yeah. sold out really big venues. Tie to Katai, bye to Dubai. 
We're militant, you're on the milli vanilli vibe. Stopping refugees is just silly blood. What you know about Aeneas in the Iliad? Fled Turkey and he just founded Rome. What if he had drowned in a boat? Yanks eat turkey, cause your peeps have found a home. Where you think all the sounds in your phone from? And so, yes, it's a weird one because my music has never really been like my main thing I've known for. It's never been my bread and butter. Yeah. It's never been my main calling card. But I've always been doing it and always been doing it to a level that's just allowed me to reach an audience, travel with it and grow. Yeah. Um, and I think now, in a way, what I'm doing now with my music is kind of like, I don't know how to put it, but it's almost like before what I was doing with music is I was still playing roles. Right. Here's this side of me. Here's that character. Here's this character. Here's the post 9-11 joke rap kind of character. Here's experimental, artsy, electronic music fan rapper. Here's the like, you know, Beastie Boys, but Brown kind of rapper yeah, yeah. doing his sweatshop boys. I kind of feel like now I'm not playing any roles anymore right. and I'm putting it all together. So that's why I'm not releasing music under my old name, Riz MC. I mean, yeah. you could tell how fucking old, the, the, like how long <laughs> I've been doing this from the fact that that was my rap yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, now it's just Riz Ahmed. It's just my name. Yeah. And in a way, I'm kind of kind of taking all the masks off, stop playing all the roles. And, and it's kind of feels, this record feels more like me than anything I've done before. Are you putting the music out without any aspirations for it? Are you just going, this is just... Like, are you doing it thinking, I hope this blows up? Or are you doing it because you just want to put that message out there? Or, like, what are you thinking? I want you're... six Grammys. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I want six that. Grammys. That Anything sense. less than that, that it's a sense. failure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's weird, man. You, like, we were talking about with Rogue One or even Four Lions. Like, having mad expectations about a piece of work can be unhelpful. See what happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah see what happens. Mm. But, like, I'm backing it hard, you know? Like, and, and I'm glad to see, you know, we've got, like... Uh, you know, we got album of the week in like three or four, you know, papers or whatever. You know what happened there? Riz that. basically wanted to carry on saying that and then thought, fuck, is this going to look great? Uh, yeah, I and know. I was you, like, fucking hell. Am I going to do I this? I respect like, that. Uh, you hesitated about it. I I was was like, like, am I going to yeah, be this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can say Yes, re-edit it yeah, so that you yeah. go, oh, Riz, but you probably had no expectations, yeah. but you got album of the week in like three or four places. I know you hate talking about this, Riz, because you're such a humble dude, but you got album of the week in like, well, I wish you would mention that on the air, man. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> gross to be honest to talk about it, but, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been received really, really fucking well, man. I, I really am, I'm, I'm proud of it. But more than anything, it's just about bringing in those different sides of you. You know, you were talking about being British Sri Lankan. This has got grime influences and garage influences and jungle influences, but it's also got like um, Kawali music and Sufi music and mm. Bollywood music and do a bit of spoken word thing on it as well which has always been part of what I do and rap yeah. and also singing a little bit got a track with Jay Sean on there yeah yeah Jay Sean man yeah I know he was like a fucking pioneer <laughs> yeah man. I know Jay He's, Sean like what are you trying to say you, huh? just, you just keep saying Jay Sean no, and, and, no. And, and, and gasping no, are you a massive fan Asian, or are you just not just, feeling him at all it's just the Asian I, I remember when Jay Sean first came out I just couldn't fucking believe that Asian people just lost their minds right <laughs> you have to we've got a fucking we've got an R&B stuff yeah. holy shit it was it's crazy <laughs> it was man he's an inspiration we done we done we done so yeah man I mean in terms of aspirations for it as well I guess like just on a personal connection level I want you know I want people to understand how I feel mm. understand that it's a way that a lot of people feel right now and I think the film is is you know I think the film does yeah. is a bit is a bit of a slap in a it's a bit of a wake up call it isn't is. it when you watch it you kind of it is it is it, you get it yeah it's one of the most powerful things I've watched in a long time really oh, thank it you, was, bro. and it was yeah, you can't describe it. You just have to watch it. But it was, you know, I had a visceral reaction to it. You know, mm. and um, yeah, it's 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 amazing. And the point that you're making is very very clear. You know, but but at the same time, if you do a, a film like that and you do the album that you're doing, were you prepared for sort of any kind of? I don't know if you've had any or not, but like the an, a, inevitable backlash against it's, what you're it's saying. It's weird, you know, because when we, when Four Lions came out, people were like, "Yo, you must have had a crazy backlash." Yeah, and actually, no. Really? Yeah. Actually, no. Nah. Hmm. Super like hood Asian dudes from up north, super posh like white dudes from down south, like whatever. Like people would just connect to that, 
And what's been crazy actually about the short film is, yeah, I'm sure there's been some trolls and some people hating on it. I, I, I haven't seen that. Yeah. What I've actually seen is something kind of quite moving where people are like, this is what I was thinking. Yeah. This is a thought that goes through my head. This is what keeps me up at night. Mm. And thank you for saying it because now I know I'm not crazy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, when you're yeah. like kind of isolated with your shit. And, and, and I think one of the most valuable things that we can do, performers or whatever, is like say something that other people are thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you just feel a bit, little um, less alone with that yeah so um so i've just i've been really moved by the response to be honest man i've see, seen some people say some really uh yeah like even what you just said now it's like yeah it means a lot but the director behind it i want to talk about him he's an absolute g his name's anil Karia. yeah he did the last block of top boy he did kano's trouble video he's just like um won an award for his film at sundance film festival so kind of what you're saying before is like, wow, we've got an Asian R&B star. Yeah. We've, got, we've got Asian Scorsese's coming up, man, yeah, as directors. Yeah, yeah. We've got... And in a way, like, hopefully at some point they'll stop being seen as Asian anything yes. and they're, they're, they're British. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, they're, they're Asian, but they're also... It's not like just a win for Team Brown yeah, yeah, yeah. that Romish exists. Yeah. It's a win for all of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, I think like... But not everyone sees it like that. No. People get into the tribalism and they kind of get a bit, yeah. Yeah, but also I sort of think to myself, like when I when I was growing up and I watched, uh, goodness gracious me, or I watched, it, it, even like, you know, I was a big fan, of, obviously a big fan of Real McCoy and, and then what the goodness gracious me guys did. To me, as a kid growing up, you suddenly think, well, Asian people can do comedy or that's a, that's a thing that can happen. And similarly, when you see Asian rappers or film stars and stuff like that, it's it's exciting because you sort of think, shit, this is like this is something that you know for whatever reason we just haven't seen we haven't seen yeah. before or seen as much of as we should have done, and so it is exciting and it feels like it's really pushed on relatively recently. Yeah, do you know what I mean? yeah, it's about stretching culture for yeah. all of us. And I think it, it should be exciting for all of us. When I saw yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, that was exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, when I saw that Star Wars had cast, you know, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, that's yeah. exciting for me because yeah. every time culture gets stretched in that way, it gives all of us just a bit more space to be mm. ourselves, yeah. to take our masks off, to stop code switching, to be our unapologetic selves, mm. you know. And so... But it's also mad, isn't it? Because it kind of feels like culture is moving in two completely opposite directions at 100 miles an hour. It's like, yeah. you know that idea of the universe expanding? Yeah. Like it's going really fast mm. in every opposite direction <clears throat> at yeah. the same time. Mm. Because on the one hand, you have that. I mean, the most, you know, bait way of putting it is like, oh, you've got Obama. This is the era of Obama and Trump. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, is that you look at, for example... You know, if I'm speaking specifically from a comedy point of view, there's loads more Asian comedians coming through and getting yeah. on telly and stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously, annoying, but yeah. it is happening, Jimmy. <laughs> um, but like, and some people, like, you know, some people think this is fucking great. I'm seeing more diversity on TV. I'm seeing people that are like me being represented. At the same time, you've got people that are expressing the view where what the fuck is going on? Um, it's just tokenism. I'm like, you know, you, if you're a white dude, you can't get on TV. And, you know, like th there's, there's those two opposing interpretations of what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and so that, you know, it's, it's, it's in equal parts inspiring and exciting as it is depressing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that kind of... But there's always going to be those... those any change that happens, man, people mm. are always going to push back against it. Humans don't like change. Ah! It's weird, actually. The process of making this album made me think about actually how how hopeless am I yeah. about the way the world is right now. When you think about, okay, I made this album about what's happening in Britain. Oh, shit, look, it's also happening in India. It's happening in mm. America where soldiers with gu guns and ice, you know, troops with guns are going, running in projects in Queens, like deporting you know, Hispanic people, um, it's happening all over, all over the world, this feeling of like, get them out, kick them out, you know, you're not welcome here, even though these people helped build this country. And I kind of realised in the, in the journey of making this album is actually I'm not hopeless. I'm not. Mm. I think things are bad and I think they're going to get worse. 
Um, <laughs> but but uh, but it's also bad news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is pretty hopeless. Yeah, nah, yeah. but this. But I do. I do think that. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm becoming a hippie the older I get. But I do think that there's something in like, you know, young people, young people really. You know, right now, just how switched on they are, how much information mm. they got access to. It feels like we're kind of waking up to the fact that we're all in this shit together. Mm. To some, in some ways, like climate, mm. corona. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this, like with the coronavirus stuff. If everyone can decide to just stop their economies, stop travel, and all this stuff because of corona, mm. the climate movement's going to come on the back of it and go, "Hang on a minute." Um, sorry, you stood up for. Yeah, I know. Mm. Well, it's, you stand it, up for mm, us, mate. Now. It's so incredible how like. The, 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 Suddenly you can stop your factory. I know, but that's the thing, though, man. No, but that's the thing, yeah. yeah, because that's, that's the but that's the thing. We keep getting told that everyone's mm. panicking about climate change and the environment. Mm. People aren't that. really like you know. Do you know what I mean? They they sort of do. They, they play, we're playing at the fringes of what needs to be done, mm. and then as soon as like, I find it slightly depressing that society can be driven to a point where people are physically fighting over toilet roll so easily. <laughs> yeah, but it's you're exactly right. We're suddenly motivated to make wholesale changes do you know what I mean like to 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 how we behave but at least that shows the possibility Mm. of really quick connective action and change and in a way like you know it's that whole thing in it maybe it'll take an alien invasion to stop racism or maybe it would, you know, take coronavirus it would give us, to change it would give climate us an, change. It would give us another ethnic group to sort of <laughs> oh, target. It would, it would actually. It would just be boom time for reasons. <laughs> yeah. But at least we'd be united, do you know what I mean? Well, if you haven't checked out the album, make sure you check it out. Um, it's an amazing record. What, what hip-hop uh, do you listen to? I listen to a range of stuff, man. I mean, I kind of grew up listening to a lot of that kind of early 90s stuff, just nicking my brother's cassettes. That first lyrics I memorized was Wu Tang's Enter Thirty Six Chambers, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I mean, he was listening to some of that weird like horror rap as well. Oh yeah, then like Grave Diggers. Grave Diggers. Yeah. I loved Grave Diggers. Um, that Grave Diggers yeah. first album. Was... Oh, I couldn't do it. Have you listened to it? Have you listened to it? Do it. It was just. Have you listened to it recently? It's quite. It's quite a strange listen. Okay, I understand you guys are pleading insanity, claiming demonic spirits possess you to do these hideous murders. Can you please explain to this court how these so-called spirits may do it to these raving madmen? Bear witness as I exercise my exorcism. The evil that lurks within, the sin, the terrorism. Possess my evil spirits, voices from the dead. I come forth with grave diggers in a head full of dread. I've been examined ever since I was semen. They took the sonogram and seen the image of a demon. At birth, nurses surrounded me with needles and drugged me all up with the diseases of evil. Hold on, but how are you listening to it? Because I can't get I don't find one. Oh, you had it on vinyl. There you go. Yeah. Fuck it. He's a proper headband. Yeah. yeah, I had it on cassette. Got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, is it not on Spotify? It's not on Spotify. I don't think it's on Spotify. No. Banned. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's too, too horrible. Spotify. <laughs> it is pretty full on. That. Yeah, it yeah. is. I, I didn't go that follow him there, but I went to like the hieroglyphics. I mean, yeah. I don't know, like DOC's portrait of a masterpiece. Yeah. I just really was into like that fast, kind of athletic kind yeah, of yeah. rapping. <laughs> And so then when Jungle and all that came up, I was just all about that and Shabba and Skibba. Shabba and Skibba? Do you follow them on Instagram? I don't, or should I? Fucking hell. Those boys are still living that life, man. Yes. so good. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Shabba combines uh, doing a lot of MCing with a lot of fishing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's fishing? Yeah. yeah. What a G. How old is he? Fuck no. How how old must Shabba be now? He must be 40s, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, but it's so good to see like they're still yeah man amazing like kings just kings Um, and then I remember I just wasn't really like feeling garage because I was just always like a lyrics head yeah and I was like bars Mm. lyrics which in a way held me back as a rapper myself because you listen to some of my older stuff like it's like alright mate it's not a fucking Sudoku puzzle yeah yeah. I mean like it's about the feeling and the flow and the vibe but I could not get on board with Garage until I heard Miss Dynamite's Boo. Right, right, right. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. I get what this is. But I remember back then just listening to a lot of UK hip-hop, I remember, like, in, you know, Task Force, Brain Tax. Yeah. Um, Rodney P, Black Twang, and the Big Dada stuff. And I think, you know, the 
first UK person I was just obsessed with was Roots Maneuver. He was just so ahead of his time, yeah. so ahead of his time on yeah. every level. Yeah. Overblown in the zone, come sit the point. Natural shiznit, nobody disjoint. Step up to the bar and the clean girls know my incredible, credible. My new talk tongue won't school when the world seems highly strong. Sit down in the corner and be beat drunk. We soon get the vision of the big lump sounds. It's Saturday morning, you playing the lottery. It could be you. It could be me. Uh, I remember that Thai album upwards. Yeah. Oh yeah, all that Big Dada stuff I really liked. You know, you saw you saw that um, Thai Rodney P and Black Twang like tour together, right? I super didn't. group. Should yeah, we go? super yeah. group. Can we go? I think they're gonna so do it again. Pretty, yeah. Let's go, mate. Can I'm down. Let's go. We'll go. Yeah. Kingdom tour. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just taking it to kind of sidetrack into some UK stuff there. But I think with with Maneuver, I think it was just the kind of like. I think he's someone who just really taught me about feeling. Yeah. Well, it's feeling, flow, yeah. and um, and also sound. Like, I always felt like UK rap should sound different to US rap. Yeah. And I loved a lot of that old kind of head nod kind of stuff in the you know mid late nineties. But a lot of that Big Dada stuff kind of felt like our kind of Def Jucks. Yeah. You in know, terms of like, we've actually got so rather, UK than, sound. rather than aping another sound. This is a whole sound that's unique exactly. to the UK, and that's right? what's been so amazing about obviously you know Bertha Grime dubstep and you know it's drill funny. and everything yeah. like that. But that was a UK tangent. But I think in terms of what I'm listening to right now, right now, um, I really like that guy Smino. I don't know Smino. Smino, this American rapper, just very very like he could be he could be a jungle MC. Team yeah. him up with Shabba, see what happens. <laughs> Fire you. Let me come through with a follow through. Come on, hurt out my pores. You can smell what I pour. Licking out of my follicles. Papa, him leaving. Polly, smiley. Bout to go cop a nine piece. Slip it, pimp away. So dry my tummy. Free me, got me slutty. She call me her little baby. I call her my little buddy. Hit her up like, mm-hmm. come through for a little cutty. Hit her up like, mm-hmm. come through for a little cutty. Hit her up like, mm-hmm. come through for a little cutty. Um, very, very, you know, quick, double time. But very much like about flow and melody. And I've always thought, actually, you know, UK rap's a little bit younger than American mm. rap. And so, in, in like terms of evolution, you had that kind of, say, raucous era. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that was, for me, the, the era that was like, I think I'm going to do this. Yeah. I want to do this. I, fuck, yeah. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Talib Kweli, High Tech, Reflection Eternal. That album yeah. changed my life, I'd say. You know, then the then the the black on both sides album. Yeah, yeah. It was that that all raw, all that raucous yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was like, because mm. it wasn't. It, you know, it would it felt totally dishonest to me to rap about stuff going on in my neighborhood, even if it wasn't my neighborhood, because I I wasn't from that. That yeah, wasn't yeah. me. That wasn't yeah, my yeah. life. So being able to rap about more esoteric things, um, I don't know, just from a more emotional place, a more conscious place, yeah. that that really appealed to me. Um, you know, on that Black on Both Sides album, I know that he probably doesn't like it now, but Miss Fat Booty, right? That song is the first hip-hop like love song, I think, that I listened to that I thought, this is actually... I don't feel eggy listening to this, do you know what I mean? Because like, there have been like proper like hip-hop love songs mm. beforehand, and like, I don't want to disrespect LL Cool J, he's obviously his uh, specialist area. Hey, lover? I guess so. Very but, cheesy yeah. track, but <laughs> Daddy Kane, fucking yeah. banger. Yeah, that is I true. I used to bang Hey Lover. <laughs> but Miss Fat, cool J Boys to Men. But Miss Fat Boot is just a straight hip hop. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, It was like... Man, I'm, I, I met Most Def, right, three times. Right. Yeah. Let me I would tell find you, that incredible. Let me tell you my three Most Def stories. Oh, great. Please. Right. It's like a Chappelle special, eh? <laughs> so, first time I meet Most Def. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm touring. I'm supporting Dizzy Rascal and Most Def and Giles Peterson at Warehouse Project in Manchester. Right. Get on. It's the biggest show I've done in that album. Smash it. Goes really well. Come off stage. Watch them. Watch, uh, Most's DJ sees me. He's like, yo, you know, that was real. I was like, thank you, save. Wait for Most to come off. I'm literally like prepping myself. Like, right. I'm going to give him my CD. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to give him my CD. He's going to come off. I'm going to do it. Da-da-da-da. He comes off stage. Loads of people start coming around him. I think, oh no, I had to cut through. I go, Assalamu alaikum. Yeah. And he looks at me, he goes, Oh, alaikum salam. And then in that moment, about 15 women just like swamp him. And he just gets whisked off towards his dressing room. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get my CD. Yeah. So I go to my bag to get my CD and I realize, I actually don't have my CDs on me. This is an incredibly mm. badly prepared. Gutted. <laughs> so gutted. But I had my iPod. Right. 
I paid good money for that iPod. You're not going to give him your phone. I said, I'm going to give him my iPod. Holy shit. So I go find his tour DJ and I'm like, listen, mate, will you please, I've left it on this tune, yeah? I need you to take it to him, play him, play it to him, just take the iPod, bro. Just take it. And he's like, you're fucking crazy. And I just went, nah, please just give it to him, give it to him. I give it to him. He goes, all right, I'll make sure I can promise, bro, man, it's my iPod, innit? Mm. Like, I'm not going to get that back, play it to him. He goes, all right, cool, I will. So I let go of it, kiss it goodbye. I'm like, well, all right, that's that. You know, I've done it. Just let it out. Pretty admirable, by the way. A very admirable roll of the dice on I mean, Mm. I was just like, I just wanted to hear it. I didn't even give him my number or anything. Anyway, four in the morning, the night's finishing. Everyone's getting on the tour buses. I see the DJ. I'm like, oh, give it to him. And he goes, ah, no, no, he went home. Just gives me the iPod, ducks. I'm just like heartbroken. Mm. Nah, man, I was ready. Did he say it as blase as that? Yeah, he was like, huh? Most? Oh, no, no, he, he bounced. <laughs> Gig, he just, afterthought, gives me the iPod back. I was like, yeah. well, if I hadn't asked, you would have just nipped my iPod. Yeah, yeah. Take that off him. Right, next time. Uh, so that's the, I've, I've fucked this story up already because that's the second time I've seen him. Jeez, the first on, time man. I've seen him. <laughs> the first time I see him, yeah, he's yeah. in a play, yeah. right? Top Dog Underdog at the Royal Court Theatre. Wait afterwards like a fanboy with the script. He, mm. God, please, can you sign this autograph? He's signing his, oh, where are you from? This now, go, what's the Black Jack Johnson project about? Da, 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 da. You're going to be, he's, I'm going to do some ballads, some funk stuff. Da, da, da. He's like asking my name. Da, da. He signs it. I'm like, oh my God, I got my hero, most deaf. I'm like 19. I'm like, listen, I'm a rapper and actor as well. Yeah. Get him to sign my script. He ducks off. I look at it. He hasn't written my name. He hasn't written his name. <laughs> he's just written Brooklyn One. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like in a tag or yeah. just like, yeah. He just wrote Brooklyn just One. And I'm like, no one's going to fucking believe this is most deaf. That's bullshit. What the fuck am I going to do with that? That's the first time I met most deaf. Idiot says the other way around, right? Oh, well, That's yeah, the first yeah. time I met him. The second time I meet most deaf, yeah. warehouse project. Right. Da, 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 all that happens, yeah? <laughs> and the third time I meet most deaf was at this BAFTA after party. Nice. My mate Soil, yeah. um, who's like, a, he writes about hip hop and he writes all these books and stuff. He was like, yo, you know, me and my boy are going to be DJing at this party. You're going to come? I'm like, nah. I was like, come, man. I want to come to this party. It's like a bath. He's like, just come. And he goes, all right, cool. So I turn up and I see, and his boy is Yasin Bey. Most deaf. He just forgot to mention mm, that. Yeah. And I yeah, just got to meet him, finally. And from the time of the first story to the last story, it's 10 years. Right. And finally, the third time, I just got to finally meet him, just shake his hand. Mm. And I was thinking, should I tell him about the iPhone story yeah, and the yeah. script story? I thought, nah, maybe leave it. Left it? Yeah, bit, come, come off as a bit of a mug. Just pretended like I hadn't been stalking <laughs> yeah. him for a decade, trying yeah, to give him, yeah, that's give him my electronics. The conversation yeah. so like, oh, how you doing? <laughs> just make out like I'm vaguely familiar with his work. Yeah. Oh, you rap, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. This kind of thing. <laughs> how was the chat? Good. Uh, it wasn't great, to be honest, oh. man, yeah. It was very yeah. brief, yeah. Did he well, give we, anything in the conversation? There isn't a happy ending to this story, <laughs> no, is there? Really, we we won't have him on the podcast, that's huh? uh, the lesson. We, we won't have him. No, we won't have him on the podcast. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Resp- yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. Well, sort of in showing it, 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 yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> Throw me under the bus, man. Get him on. Don't do that for me. I listened to that episode. No, no, listen. It wasn't that he didn't have any chat. It was just a loud party and it was just a bit, you know. I was feeling awkward because I've been stalking him for a decade. I didn't know how to, you know, quite broke that. Now you're on to Ramesh. What's that man? Talking wise. So oh, right, back. sorry, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, good yeah, sorry, deep mate. callback. Yeah, yeah it was. About it an took hour, me a moment. An to, He's ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to say to you, bro, what? is I really love the work you've been doing in mental health and with hip hop and mental oh, thanks, health and man. all that Cheers. kind of stuff. My brother's a psychiatrist, and um, you know, obviously, hip hop can be a world of like machismo and masculinity, and we don't mm. talk about our vulnerability and our feelings and that. And it's fucking toxic, obviously, because like when you're isolated and those you're alone with those voices mm-hmm. in your head, mad shit can happen. So yeah, I just really love that you've been talking oh, about you. that. And, it's, and it's, it seems like a generation of people have been talking about that as well. You know, David Psychodrama, Stormzy yes. talking about depression, and you know, well, um, I, yeah. I when I was at uni, I was like, I got counselling. I was going like my family were going through a lot of shit stuff, so yeah. and, and I thought I need to see somebody. And, and at uni, they had like a counsellor laid on. And so I went to see a cancer. And I remember my mum just, when I told her about it, she got terrified because she thought, oh my God, my son's going mad. Yeah, you know, that's right. her, mm. that was her initial reaction to it. And, and so I think for, 
you know, in the Asian communities, I just don't think it's. I'm not. I'm, well, men and 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 in particular Asian communities just don't feel comfortable mm. about talking about that sort of thing, or didn't, mm. and it sort of feels like it's changed then. But you know, like. I still think I'm hoping that this isn't like a a fad. Do you know what I mean? Because it feels yeah. like everybody feels comfortable to talk about it now, or we're moving towards that, and then we'll move back away from. Because because the truth is, I've got friends of mine that still won't. They won't fucking talk about mental health. Do you know what mm. I mean? And like, I think it's uh, it's going in the right direction. Yeah, I think so, man. I think I, I hope feel there's, like a there's permanency a to it, though. Yeah, I think there has been a shift, and now kids talk about it, you know. Yeah, it's not good for my mental health and all that. Mm. I'm like, whoa, we never have spoke about uh, any of that yeah. stuff. So, how do you find dealing with it? Bearing in mind that you're such a, you know, your profile being what it is, you're on social media. You're pretty active on social media. Do you find that difficult dealing with? I go in and out on the social media, man. I was just saying, you know, I released this album, so obviously I've kind of gone back on social media for that. But a lot of the time, I, I just kind of cut it out of my life, you know, just because. I mean, I don't know if someone described it as just like giving the world your phone number, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I found that before when I had something I wanted to get off my chest and I really wanted to share with the world, I'd mm. write a song. Yeah. And then what I was doing was every time I wanted to get something off my chest, I'd tweet it. And so it's something good about sitting with a thought for long enough mm. and struggling with it and unpicking it for long enough that it can grow into something. Yeah as opposed to knee-jerk spitting it out there straight away. So that was just me personally. Now, there's a lot of amazing stuff about it as well. I mean, I'm just learning, you know what I mean? Like, people putting you onto stuff. But I've found that it's actually better for my kind of, like, calm, sense of calm, to, like, be selective about when I go on it and go, all right, you know what, this weekend, whatever, I don't know, it's the Oscars or something. I want to go on and see what people are saying about it, or but not having it there constantly. Mm, mm. That's just me. Yeah. What about you? I do agree with you. You shouldn't be on it all the time, but I am. Well, I, I, I have to. Like at the moment, I'm going for a really bad time of it. Like I just sort of where because I thought to myself. So when I started doing my last tour, I was very. I was sort of anxious about how that tour was going to get received, and so. I thought to myself, I'm going to come off social media and I'm just going to focus on making this show as good as I possibly can. And I was doing this show and I was enjoying myself and I got to a point where I was comfortable with it. And I thought, let me go back on social media. And so I went back on everything. And it's just the, it's just not good. I just don't, I, I don't think it's good. I don't think the positive and the negative stuff is good for your mental health. I don't think, mm. I just mm. don't, you know I, know, I know that's a cliche, but I don't even think it's about it going bad sometimes. I don't even think it's about... I don't even think it's about, you know, when somebody says something in the media that they get shit for and mm. then they get supposedly cancelled or whatever. I don't even think it's just about that. Yeah. I think it's about being on it at all and having that open thing. I can't see how it's good for you. So now the way I try and engage with it is I put stuff out and try not to look at anything that comes back. You know, I'll post mm. a picture on Instagram or I'll put a joke up on Twitter or don't whatever and up, just yeah. don't follow it up. Mm. I just I don't give a fuck what people say. Not mm. I don't give a fuck, that sounds a bit callous, <laughs> but what I mean is I'm not going to then... Have a conversation. Yeah. yeah, I just don't. Yeah. I just think you know. Why do I care what these fucking peasants think? Of what I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, I'm a you fucking, should be fucking grateful. Exactly. Yeah. That I've uh, blessed you. Yeah, I've blessed That's you, what I'm fucking saying, bro. You know, what I mean? yeah. you know what I'm talking Dickheads. about. Right, it's a nice way. To, nice way of doing yeah, yeah. everything off. Um, and what have you got coming up next? Um, You're talking about a film, but you can't talk about that. Now. Yeah, I've got a film coming up well actually the next film that I've got coming out is called Sound of Metal right. and I play uh, a drummer so I had to learn how to play the drums for that for six months that's and a good to learn... skill to have yeah but I didn't keep it up it's oh. um, <laughs> um, a good skill to, to uh, have had yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, it's a good story it. it's good for yeah. publicity did you ever get to a point where you were able to <laughs> drum and rap simultaneously I actually like didn't Anderson try Anderson's it. I quite really rare, felt yeah. like that would have been a weird Limp Bizkit kind of flick <laughs> and I didn't try and do it. Yeah. Nothing weird about yeah. it. I don't think this is as cool as Riz thinks it is, though. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why you forgot to play, <laughs> yeah. how to play the drums. Uh, when's that out, then? <laughs> Sound of Metal will be out um, in August. Right. So, yeah, man. Okay, we'll check that out. Actually, there's another thing I learned. Tour? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Well reminded. Well done, So, mate. thanks. No one told me. You said, like, three things today. Three? 
Four, maybe. And all four of them. I was about, I'm, about, I'm about to compliment okay, you. Cool, cool. All four of them have been fucking exceptional. We did the callback that we couldn't even. Yeah. Yeah. It took us a Went while to fathom. Helping Riz with his promotion, and there was some other shit about You yeah, fucking smashed it today, bro. Yeah. I like this positivity. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm just no, being no, real with no, you. No, no, I love it. Really good stuff. Well so done. Can I just get back to promoting <laughs> my yeah, shit sorry, for yeah, a minute? Sorry, Thanks, yeah. guys. So, yeah, he was great, though. Right? <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, I'm going on tour. I'm actually doing a show in Manchester and in New York that's going to be like a kind of a it's a it's a gig but it's also like a theatre show like an immersive theatre thing right. like a whole experience madness thing and I'm playing LA and London as well so and yeah. how do we find out those dates your website yeah it's all on when's I guess London on Instagram. we want to go don't we yeah. London's 14th April come nice. okay. yeah yeah you mean it mm. okay cool That's we might be there what do you mean? Depends you how many tickets Joe Sean needs. Yeah, we're just surprised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I should tell yeah, you. Yeah. Very far, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, listen, Riz, huge fan of yours. We you both too, bro. Come again. Music's great. Yeah. Uh, you've got to check out this album. You've got to watch this film. It's just, it's just brilliant. And uh, so make sure you check it out. Riz, thank you so much for coming. Thank on, you, bro. Much love, man. Thank Thanks, guys. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.